Welcome back to the Wealth Actually podcast, the show that features artists, entrepreneurs, experts, and commentators that will give you the right knowledge, planning, and guidance so you can preserve your assets and enjoy your wealth. Learn more and subscribe today at wealthactually.com. And now, here's your host, Fraser Rice. Here's a sneak peek of my podcast with David Pullman. In this morsel, we talk about his experience with David Bowie and how the song Fame represented a major pivot in Bowie's career and Pullman's. I took off a week of David's passing to do these interviews because I thought it was important. And I didn't realize until contemplating what I would say the night before because the phone was ringing off the hook similar to when we did the deal for David Bowie years before that now on his passing that this deal, he was so unique as a person that he was on the cover of the Financial Times, the first artist in history on the cover of Financial Times on his passing for what he'd done as a financial landmark transaction. So what I thought was, what did I get? What was the connection? Like, there's something here. What did I learn? And what I learned was, because I said he was very savvy from the beginning. That was my feeling about him in terms of being so accepting and taking on new ideas and being open to them and being supportive, not second-guessing. He was a great first client to have. What did he give me? And what he gave me was fame. So because he knew what it was, and because he knew what it was, he was able to gift it, which was something I didn't understand till later. And how did he do that? He wouldn't talk about business with anyone. So what was interesting was if someone would call for an interview after having done this deal for David Bowie, the first deal, first Pullman Bond, the Bowie Bond, David wouldn't talk to the reporters. They talked to David Pullman. And he would do that. They didn't have a choice. So I did all these interviews, over 5,000 newspaper articles, TV, radio, because David wouldn't talk to anyone. So therefore, they had to talk to me. So he gifted me the fame. And then what was cute and funny was when they would ask Iman, who's in the press right now this week for her book, just came out, and they'd ask, and interviews would be, talk to David Pullman. It was just amazing to me that they kept that line. And of course, what did I learn? That elevated David and Iman even higher because, in fact, they refused to talk about it, which made the public and the press even more interested in it and gave a mystique, David and Iman, that was very unique. So that was something that stuck out for me is like he understood it. And I mentioned this is because having done this deal, David had hits in Europe. He had 40 billboard hits. But his first number one, and then talking about, we're going to get to the in this interview, we were talking about the NFTs and aspects. His first number one was in the early 70s with pain. And the feeling I had was tied out with said Dave in the beginning as a teenager having success and then hits and then going out as number one on Billboard's album charts, the number one album in the world. He said, when I first heard his song, Fame, it went to number one in the U.S. It was his first number one in the U.S., the feeling it had for the song was incredible because I really responded to it immediately. Kind of like a tingling sensation I got from that song. And his last song that was successful on his number one album was the same feeling. So that he was able to hold that together. So in terms of throughout his career. And what was unique was I saw at the time when I remember where I was, it goes to the NFT aspect in terms of the art aspect of the future, is I remember where I was when I heard the song. I was walking down the street. I heard the song. I was playing. It was outside. And there were two brand new cars next to each other. One a Jaguar E-Type. And the other was a Cadillac. And it was like kind of thing. And they were both the same price at the time. And what they were at the time was like $12,000 for the car. And I thought, 
which would I rather have in terms of like one was a classic in terms of it's already E type. So I think that what we see is also is consistency in terms of for David in terms of doing this was his consistency of working with the best people, the brightest people. And he did that throughout his career. And I'm saying that because this song that was little known at the time we're doing the deal and we didn't know is he would take the opportunity to do something that's new, to work with somebody. And what do I mean by that? Is terms of what was did he take in terms of this number one with fame? Well, he understood fame in terms of having gone through describing the elements of fame and this song was going to come. So that's when he was able to gift it. And then he worked with someone, he met someone who's the troubadour. Someone was also going through a rough period of their life. He's just going through a split up. And you can work with anybody. It's like, I'd like to do a song with you. And the person that he picked, which I thought was amazing, was someone that had a lot of success writing with somebody else, had split with this person as a co-writer, and hadn't had a commercial success. And I thought, like, that's pretty amazing that someone had all this success in a band, in a group, with a co-writer, and hadn't had this commercial success after yet. I mean, critical acclaim, yes. So this person he picks out of all the people he could write a song with was John Lennon to co-write Fame. Wow. So people don't know that. It's like David had a good eye. He had the unbelievable eye. He collaborated with Iggy Pop and basically resuscitated his career. And then ultimately under pressure with Freddie Mercury, that's like peanut butter and chocolate having that sort of talent put together on one song. Exactly. So the idea was that he was able to do this. And remember, he's going through a dark period. He just split with Yoko in terms of John Lennon. He's just split in terms of regarding for relationships. He's having a rough time. He was in between in terms of what he's doing in relationships, deciding what he's going to do. And that's amazing in terms of working with someone and having such success and something that's going to last. Uh, fascinating stuff. David, thank you very much. And we will watch the emergence of maybe potentially more Pullman bonds in the future and the future of music finance as we go forward. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wealth Actually, hosted by Fraser Rice, author of the book Wealth Actually and a leading private wealth manager. Head on over to wealthactually.com where you can subscribe to this podcast, get your own copy of the Wealth Actually book, and connect with Fraser directly. We'll see you next time on Wealth Actually.